This episode of Almost Educational was broadcast live on URY. To listen to the full episode, go to urry.org.uk or click the link in the description. By students, for students. URY. Welcome to another episode of Almost Educational. Joining me once more in the studio, we have Sam. Hello. We have Jess. Hey. And we have Alex. Everyone's favourite not absent anymore co-host. He's back. Oh, and obviously Morgan is here. Hello. We have another great show for you. Lots of fun things on the way. I think we'll just kick it straight off, though, with with a, a little bit of Post Malone. Just before we get into the science, this is Circles. Send us a message via the website ury.org.uk Oh, what a wonderful time we're going to have here. It's the second to last episode of Almost Educational of this term, and indeed season one. Yay. 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 But also, I was also kind sad. of expecting yeah. an R, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I've, been, we, I've been having so much fun. I, I think it's more of a celebration that we had enough content for a whole season. Yeah. I, well, I mean, we're not <laughs> well, there yet, Alex. Part, we're not there yet. The season. <laughs> We've still got the Christmas special to go. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I'm so looking forward to next week. Let me tell you that for free. Um, so I think we'll just kick it off. Um, the first thing that's in the Google Doc. And oh, I've got an admission about this one, lads. Uh, the first okay. thing we've got here is I've written Keeping NASA's Rocks Safe. I found this really interesting article and I'm sort of assuming what it's about because like, to be honest I haven't read it in full um, mm. so we're going to have a chat about what I know already and what you guys can pull out of this article about how NASA keeps its moon rocks safe so the general premise of this is that when we go to space we collect stones and we pull them back to earth with a lot of rockets uh, and then we have to put them somewhere because if things get on them then they're ruined and we don't know for example if you like take a snickers and you rub it over a moon rock you don't know what bacteria was on the snickers it's now on the moon rock you can't look at that and say oh there's life on the moon because it was probably from the snickers that's an Why interesting example i don't know i <laughs> just <laughs> I'm gonna say to be honest, the weirdest hyperfectal i've ever heard <laughs> so why not a mars bar or a galaxy <laughs> Oh, okay, okay. Other I, we've is literally Other we've, space we've, we've done, we've <laughs> we've done this. this exact same bit <laughs> about a fortnight ago. Oh yeah. dear! We talk about space so often that it's honestly a... <laughs> we've got to shoehorn it into every single show. It must happen, right? <laughs> Rename so, the show space space talk with the occasional bit of biology on the side. Just a little bit of bio. Space and bio. I mean, to be fair, though, like this is a total tangent now. If you've read science news websites, they are almost entirely space and biology. Maybe the odd psychological study thrown in, but that's all you get. Very little chemistry. Very little chemistry. I've got some chemistry later on for us, though. So We're inclusive of all sciences. We love all sciences equal here, except sociology. (laughs) (laughs) Sociology, not science. Not science. (laughs) What about psychology? What do you think about that? Psychology? um, Yeah. More of a science than sociology? Yes. I don't consider... They come... They come under the banner of social sciences, don't they? So it's kind yeah, of yeah. They they come together. It's like that. I, I mean, you can do physics with philosophy. That's a course you can do here. Yeah. So I imagine like you're counting philosophy Look, as a science. As far as I'm concerned, philosophy if, is not a science. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, if you have a sofa in your in your job, it's not a real job, uh, unless you work in like a sofa company. Other sofa companies are available. 
You didn't say a sofa company. Do we have to date He's a sofa being company? extra careful. You do. Like, I could say... Got to oh, cover all cases. Like, yeah. uh, SCS, DFS... There's well, some others. Well, now you've done it. Look, there's Ikea. no... Look, I don't need to... Ikea, that's a good shout. I, I don't need to be careful about what sofa companies I name because there's no election for sofas. Simple. Okay, <laughs> I think we're, let's talk about the moon. Um, <laughs> basically, it's really impressive, though, because they've got uh, these big laminar flow cabinets and um, they have massive like rubber gloves you know like you see when they work in with like radioactive things yeah it's or, the same yeah. sort of thing or glove a clean boxes. room yeah or yeah. a clean room it's very intense yeah a lot of the stuff at the beginning where they're putting on booties and things it's the sort mm. of thing you see in the um, intel labs where they're making chips it's just they don't have all the glove boxes under nitrogen gas and that's stuff that's right yeah the university actually has a clean room that looks just as cool and it's got all the um, interesting thing about the clean room uh, they don't want any UV light in there because of one of the methods they use to put uh, they use a photographic technique to put um, like what sort of very thin wires onto the stuff that they're making in there um, so they need to not control the amount of UV light in there and they do that by putting the uh, covering the windows mm -hmm. with yellow filters wow. so that the light is only yellow Gosh. range spectrum clean rooms are really weird uh, do you know you know before you go into a clean room you get like this you go into like a a, a, a very small cupboard uh, with two doors on it and then yeah, it's a laminar flow situation shower, yeah. they're cool as positive pressure love those. yeah where, yeah, where yeah. The, the room the air in the room is at a higher pressure than yeah. the outside of the room and that, so it, so if you open the door the air is going to come out rather mm. than go in only one of those on my toilet last year um, <laughs> 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 uh, that does not sound pleasant they were not uh, 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 I hope they're not listening okay um, oh so the gloves right okay let's play a game uh, what are the gloves made of? So the big rubber gloves that they have... Hint, they're not rubber. Um, that they have in the cabinets vinyl? that they reach through. Vinyl. There's another guess. Let's play... We'll do prices Right rules. Whoever gets closest without going over, um, you define On what that materials? means. Yeah, you define what that means. Sam? <laughs> now, this is annoying because I read this article earlier and I read it and I can't remember. Oh, you've been played. Uh, that better than me. Uh, what was the question again? What do they make those gloves out of? Oh, is oh, like it? the vacuum chambers or something yes. like that. Yes, yeah. isn't it actually? Oh, is it neoprene or something? Oh, it's not neoprene. No. It's not celluloid, is it's it? Not <laughs> throwback. And it's not celluloid. Annoyingly, the only thing I can think of, and it's annoying because it's you've literally said it's not that is latex, and you've literally said it's not latex. It's not latex. Teflon. Teflon. Uh, this oh. is indeed the third glove. They have three layers of gloves, and they use stainless steel tweezers. Um, uh, if they're not using gloves but yeah it, they're made of big Teflon things and this is three layers deep of glove a lot of glove yeah it's like when I go out on a cold evening many gloves <laughs> I thought you were going to say when you go out on a night go out a night out the other night out rocking down rocking down, down, down with, with your three gloves <laughs> he's, he's, he, he, what he does is he goes looking for a fight and he's like a knight in the old times he just throws gloves at people to like challenge them to duels <laughs> I don't think you're meant to like ping them back like rubber bands and let go you know oh that would hurt though wouldn't it very funny though <laughs> it would be hilarious I think you'd probably be kicked out of salvos for that uh, Alex just smashed Jess in the face with the microphone there um, oh no because <laughs> I'm smaller than Alex and my chair is sinking slowly so yeah, the microphone we're sharing is not a great height for either of us really no a peek behind the curtain further would you just like to swap chairs um your chair's really uncomfortable I tried it earlier so no 
Whoops. Wow, you've been played by your own game here, Alex. Oh, well. <laughs> um, <laughs> if, you if you hadn't been busy, you know, presenting yeah, this show, you'd have got, you'd got the show. nice, comfy, comfy but sinking, slowly chair. Yeah. We're going to yeah. see if Alex makes it through this whole show, by the way, because he literally just have had one before. Yes. So this is going to be another a second hour I, where I, he's on the on the mic. I do a beautiful game. That's three hours of one show. I'm fine. Yeah, but that's football. It doesn't really count, does it? <laughs> Ooh. Who cares about football? That's like as long Ooh. as a game of football. Could, could, so. could we go, it, it, can we go back to the moon, please? Oh, I'd love to. I would love Science? to go back to the moon. Someone yeah. tell NASA to go back to the moon. Um, bring back the moon ships. Uh, if you want to bring back the moon rocket. ships? Yeah, if you want to bring back message. the moon ships, message us at uk. Let us know what you think about space. Uh, we're going to keep talking about it regardless, though. Is that so we can eat them with the moon fish? What? You said moon chips. Uh, moon uh, ships. Oh, moon, moon ships. ships. That joke doesn't work as well when I mishear things. <laughs> also, I wish I had that as a sound effect. Moon ships, rockets. <laughs> moon, yeah, rockets. Rocket, rockets. Rockets. Um, did anyone else have anything to add to about the moon rocks? This is not, what happens when we don't pre-read. I mean, the I thing, have a show about not pre-reading. You've always, just heard it. The thing I always find crazy about is, of course, it was the late sixties when the first landed on the moon, so they they didn't know what was on the moon. They even had a procedure from right in case there was aliens, mm. in case they died in space, <laughs> yeah. all this sort of stuff. So when they brought the rocks back, they were in like this big secure box that they had to like they like put like samples of rock with different animals and were like we'll see if this rock kills this one yeah, <laughs> yeah. No? from what I recall actually when the astronauts actually came back from well the, they were in there they, they were quality, put they in were, a chamber the as well well it was a caravan there's a, there's a picture of Nixon at the caravan looking in yes brightly. Uh, <laughs> why a caravan well it was one of those one of the you know the streamline the big silver things okay. turns out there was a hole in it <laughs> uh, because on like Fantastic. the third day one of them saw like a little bug crawl in uh, so yeah good Excellent. good job it wasn't uh, yeah. killer aliens um, he, I, I heard somewhere like talking about the first ever moon trip yeah. this might well have been massive hyper hyperbole but apparently the computers they use to send that rocket to the moon mm. have like less computing power than most smart I mean that say, is literally yeah. Um, yeah, that sounds about Definitely. right. I mean, that's that literally that's just correct. that's just pretty much Moore's law at work. There, you've yeah, got to so. yeah. think it's hand. It was hand woven um, core memory. So mm. You had to like literally people wove the bits in. Memory was such so such. We don't think of memory now as nearly being nearly as precious as, as it once was. Memory was very expensive. Someone should the tell the developers of Google Chrome. <laughs> hey, Chromie. Um, I think I think that's quite enough of moon talk. As um, let's move from the moon to the sun. This is Sunshine by Sia. You are wise. Welcome back to Almost Educational, the show where we discuss science, what is and isn't a science. And we've just had a message. Hey. Uh, we've had a, a very angry message from. Not uh, very angry. No, no. But we, it, don't wanna, we don't want to make him more certainly angry. A, it's mildly threatening. <laughs> Uh, from I believe Jess's dad. My dad is a psychology lecturer. <laughs> uh, now threatening to took, took some offence to the. Yeah. For for the record, I was not saying that psychology was not a science. I was saying I was though. I was, I was saying everybody else was, and I was saying that if they thought psychology wasn't a science, then philosophy definitely wasn't a science. No one's arguing philosophy is a science. Yes, exactly. Well, my flatmate, my he's a philosophy student. Anyway, moving on. Um, thank you so much for uh, all your messages. Um, now. I think we've got a little segment coming up and um, we don't have a jingle so I'm just going to play the uh, correct answer noise 
There we go. That's the jingle. Now, uh, once again, we have got. Thank you, Sam. Sam's just dying now because that was hilarious. Um, we've got. I don't know why that that caught me. That <laughs> we've got a third alive. Hey. Uh, go on, cut. The one we all on get him. wrong. The one we all get wrong every time. Has now, anyone got it right? N- no. Not yet. No. <laughs> okay. You might get this one though because honestly, I prepared this in about five minutes ago. So um, it's my turn again. I, I I've come up with some things, and believe it or not, listeners. This week, we have got a real genuine prize. Hooray! No jingle still. Yeah. It's brownies. I baked some brownies yesterday. They're not as good as I would have liked, but still, we're here. Um, so whoever wins this will get a brownie. Uh, an extra one, because you've all been eating you've them anyway. Because you've all already had brownies. <laughs> we uh, will be okay. guessing, hang on, brownie points. Brown. <laughs> 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 I'm here for that pun. I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay, uh, let's crack on. So, the theme of this week is le tabloir de périodique. That's probably not French for periodic table, but let's pretend it is. Un table? One of those. Right, periodic table, mate. What do you know about it? Well, let me tell you what you know about it. It's a big old list of all of the things that we found. Atoms. Individual atoms. That's what an element is. Uh, an atom is made off of a proton, an electron, or sometimes an electron. Yes, an electron. No? Not just yeah. an, it's any sort of number. And generally yes. an atom does have electrons, otherwise you have yeah. an ion. That's an ion, which is not an atom. That's right. Oh, I'm being dragged also, back to the chemistry. French, the French periodic table is le tableau périodique des éléments. I wasn't far off. I forgot the des éléments. They really love words in France. Anyway, um, <laughs> they love. They sure do love their words. They the sure French. French words. Ah, oh, the French. Um, <laughs> With our language. Oh. No offense to any French no, listeners. No, we, we love. I feel like the French language. I, it's the one I speak most fluently, other than English. That one's questionable, though. Um, okay, let me just crack on because otherwise we're going to be here all day. The periodic table was dreamt up, and this is the first, first thing, right? Was it indeed dreamt up by Mendeleev? Uh, it was invented by him, but it's said that Mendeleev imagined it in a dream when all of the elements slotted into place. That's fact number one. Is it that one? Ooh. Fact number two. Plutonium was first discovered in someone's shed. Ooh. 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 All right. Number three. The country Argentina is named after an element. That element is silver. Does anyone know the, the symbol for silver? AG. It is AG, which is the Latin for Argentina, which is Argentum. There we are. There's our three facts. So, you've got some more time to have a chat, ask some questions. What do you think? Can you figure out which one of those is the lie? <laughs> that was hmm. an evil laugh. I'm... Uh, oh. Is Argentina known for its uh, silver reserves? It's hmm, a good question. Do we think? There's definitely mines in Argentina. There's definitely there going are. to be silver mines in Argentina. The one I don't... The one I'm not gelling with is the whole plutonium in a shed thing. So remember how plutonium worked. It's a byproduct of um, nuclear power generation. Mm. So, like, this is what um, old nuclear weapons reactors used to do, is they'd burn up um, uranium and it would make the plutonium as a byproduct. 
But is yeah. this is is the shed actually good? Because Colin has just given us a brief description of what this is. Could the shed be like a really big research shed? Right. I so mean, that is potential. Should I tell you a little bit more info about this sh- this so-called shed? Right. So it, this was a a shed, and as far as I'm aware, and there wasn't a lot of information on this. I'm not gonna lie, but from what I could find, this was just. Um, a, sci- a research scientist shed and he had taken some samples of radioactive material home and put them in a shed and they were there for some time uh, while later uh, he went into the shed and he saw uh, that the sample had changed somewhat uh, from what he imagined uh, he took it into the lab and they analysed it and they found it was a new element something that they had not synthesized before typically uh, it's a a man synthesized a human synthesized element uh, but it just so happens that he managed to accidentally create it in store in so store yes yes you see the shed sorry the shed thing it does remind me of the the great Marie Curie and her experiments with radioactive mm. elements but she never found they uranium were, they were in a Shed. No, it never, you never found plutonium. She found no. um, uranium and polonium, yes. of course. Because those are naturally occurring, though. Yeah. yeah. So that might have been where Colin got his ideas. Yeah, I'm feeling so. like he's twisting yeah. a bit of scientific history into the lie. But then again, I don't know really if you if the country would be named after the element or the element. Well, if you think about if you think about um, so a lot of South America was. Uh, taken over by uh, Spaniard people, Portuguese people, and English people, and uh, French. I think at one point, lots of people were like, "Hmm, let's get a bit of land uh, from South South, South America." Things they'd have probably be, been looking for in in the land, uh, the the minerals that they can get. Like, why do we want to have this land? Oh, because it's got natural resources. Therefore, it seems sort of likely that you would name the land yeah. after the natural resource it has. And so I, yeah. It definitely sounds more likely than the shed thing. I think the For, one of Mendeleev dreaming of a table where all the elements fit together and there was these predictions for elements, which he was like, oh, this fits in a pattern. I mean, it does sound like one of those cliche things, but that's probably a thing that's happened. Didn't yeah. You? yeah, that's probably sounds, sounds about right. About right. But pe- people did have laws of octaves and things before him, but yeah. he was just the first to put gaps in, was what Mendeleev mm-hmm. did. Because he, he predicted that elements were going to be there, and he yes. put gaps in his periodic table and he was elements that hadn't yet been discovered. surprisingly close. Yeah, he it's was. very impressive, actually. The basic <laughs> rules he took really set the foundation. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a jump back sorry to the Argentina thing I wanted to say on that um, I, I think it's probably correct that what, what was the Latin word again Colin? Argentum Argentum I think it's probably correct that the silver element has got AG as its as its periodic symbol it because does. of the Latin Argentum I think Argentina might well be named after Argentum I'm not sure if that makes the conne- yeah I, I'm not like my issue isn't necessarily with, it, it's with the wording of the question mm-hmm. it's like how, what's the wording of the question again <laughs> the wording of the, the wording of the fact is the country Argentina is named after the element silver AG which is Argentum in Latin yeah named after the Latin word silver I I, I can see that yeah I no I, that, yeah. I'm yeah no no I'm thinking that's 
that sounds right. Okay, I think I think what we're going to do now is because we're rapidly running towards the next uh, segment time. Let's go with some answers. So which one of these three facts do you think is fake? Uh, the periodic table came to Mendeleev in a dream. Plutonium was discovered in some scientist's shed. Or the country Argentina is named after the element silver. What do we think? Let's start with Morgan. Shed. Shed is the fake one. Okay, Alex? Shed. Shed. I... I feel like the shed one's real. I'm going to go with Mendeleev. You think Mendeleev didn't come to him? It didn't come to him. I in don't a dream. think he came to him in a dream. Okay, right. Well, let's start with uh, Sam. Are you correct? Is the dream the wrong, the right, or wrong? Is that the lie? Is the dream the lie? It's no. not the lie. It's true. That's what he claimed. Believe really? it or not. Who knows if it's real? But it's what he says. Okay. It's down to the shed or the country. Let's see if you're right. You said that the shed was the lie. You are correct. I totally made that up. Although apparently it was discovered in some relation to someone's loft but attic. But I honestly couldn't find anything. Um, Three of us got that. There are some brownies left. You guys can have a brownie. Help yourself during this next song. Speaking of the elements, here's a little bit of earth, wind and fire. This is the student radio station for the University of York. Welcome back to Almost Educational. I'd like... That hurts. Um, Big okay. Wind and Fire fans here on Keep Almost Education. On. Oh, yes. Uh, one correction we would like to make. Someone has, uh, someone has messaged in saying, Earth, Wind and Fire are not elements! Exclamation mark. You're right. They aren't elements, but, you know, look. I wanted a terrible joke segue, so let me have this. That's what we live for here. They, they were <laughs> if you asked the Greeks. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Ask the Greeks. Okay, um, we've got a little segment now that I think, Jess, can you introduce this? Um... I can, although I haven't, I haven't heard, listened to your edit, to so I may edit. introduce it again. Yes, depending on no, maybe whether or not you cut Just that. Just say something, and we'll see what happens. Well, okay, so speaking of brownies, which I've literally just finished eating, <laughs> as mics were going up, I still had a massive mouthful. I'm like, please, guys, can you talk whilst I just swallow? Um, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's a bit where Jess interviews a friend about baking. Hello, lovely listener to Almost Educational. This is a little segment I like to call, Hey, I've kidnapped a friend. No, um... I've managed to get one of my friends to come and talk about something. Georgina, a friend of mine from home, and Georgina, what what you said you wanted to you wanted us to talk about was the science behind baking. You like a bit of baking, don't you? I like a bit of baking. What yes. sort of things have you baked recently? Oh, I've made some German butterplätzchen. Oh, okay, for those of you who don't know, uh, Georgina is half German. What is a... Uh, I'm not going to try and pronounce it. <laughs> it's just a butter biscuit. Okay. <laughs> uh, are they very nice? They are. Are they as good as... What's the one you make at Christmas? Vanilla Kipfel. Vanilla Kipfel. Are they as good as Vanilla Kipfel? No, nothing beats the Vanilla Kipfel. They are the best. They are very good. Science behind baking. Um, we want to know why all the ingredients are needed and what they do don't we mm-hmm. uh, so name an ingredient flour flour provides the recipe foundation says said gar- uh, article for for anyone who's listened to um, Almost Education before you must be well versed in how little preparation we do <laughs> But uh, yes, flour provides the recipe foundation the gluten or protein if it's gluten free flour uh, forms a web 
traps air bubbles, forms the forms the nice structure of whatever you're making of your baked goods. There we go. Next ingredient, butter. Well, they don't have butter specifically here, but they've got fat. Fat. So okay. any fat content, they say, commonly used baking facts include butter, shortening. Shortening, if ever. Shortening. That's a very old song. That reminds me of a, a song that was uh, sung recently about a shortening. Sh- shortening, baby. <laughs> Lards on there, coconut oil. So fat <laughs> holds the gluten molecules so they they can't combine as easily, which contributes to the product's tenderness. Tenderness? Tenderness. Okay, guys, we're, we're recording this at half 11 p.m. We're tired. <laughs> professional. Totally professional. Right. Uh, but I was just going to say, does it affect if, uh, like, margarine or plant-based? It, they don't list... Oh, well, actually, they do list coconut oil. Well, your, your, one of your questions was, what's the difference between baking soda and bicarbonate of soda Mm. and apparently there is a difference apparently there is CO2 that is formed when you have one of these ingredients in your cake and that makes it really aerated and nice Um, and the bigness of the bubbles the bigness the bigness (laughs) it's got to that time in the evening (laughs) the bigness of the bubbles is is due to whichever one you choose um so yeah what, what what actually is baking soda like that's 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 my question she says putting up an article fast facts this one's got it's a leavening agent oh apparently it cleans and deodorizes it you can use it as a it cleans cup. and deodorizes the cake no but you can <laughs> use it as a so i've okay this is story time with jess um my mother was once trying to deodorise a bowl that had, had some onion in, smelly onion, in the fridge. And she, she, she put some uh, baking soda in there. And I came across it in the kitchen. I thought, ooh, a bowl of baking soda. Um, I, didn't know what, I didn't know what it was. I thought it was sherbet, so I thought I'll have some, but it tasted oh, disgusting. No. And I thought I'd poisoned myself. I was fully convinced that I'd eaten some sort of that is oh, that must have been dire because it tasted so awful just on itself you think if it's a cake ingredient it's going to taste nice by its own but no no, it's purely there for scientific purposes I've used it to clean like jewellery and things before yeah it just, it's got cleaning properties I once I, I went through a a, a a more hippie face, phase than my current hippie phase, a let's mo- say. A more hippie phase? I wish I'd seen that. <laughs> when I decided I was going to only wash my hair in uh, bicarbonate of soda <laughs> and apple cider vinegar. And the issue with this is that, A, um, it's quite coarse on the skin bicarb- using bicarbonate of <laughs> soda as a shampoo. And B, we didn't have any apple cider vinegar in the house because we're not um, posh. And 14-year-old me was like, Clearly, the next closest thing to what looks sounds like a really fancy vinegar is probably um, balsamic, <laughs> balsamic vinegar. Balsamic vinegar. So I, w- I went into the shower. I tried to use balsamic vinegar as hair conditioner, and it, <laughs> I should say my mother was not happy. Baking soda versus baking powder. There is something to do with whether whether how how one is uh, baking soda. I think is alkali, and um, which is why it's good at cleaning because like soap soap is alkali. Um, whereas baking powder 
is I would say neutral from what I've read so it really depends on the recipe yeah you never trust just the no you never I don't I never recipe. the recipes no I always whack double the amount of chocolate in oh yeah flavourings you definitely need to go they're too conservative recipe books I'm what I like to call a creative baker like creative to veer, veer away from nice, the uh, nice term yeah I realise I've bought, I've bought um, cookery books to university with me and so far <laughs> haven't used them I thought students are all meant to love Jamie Oliver. Well, I thought I think that's more of a a, nine, a nineties view. Every, you know, everyone thought Jamie Oliver was was the biggest thing. Like my 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 mum certainly has a lot of Jamie Oliver books around. Um, but now it's now it's like the uncool. I don't particularly have much of a strong opinion on Jamie Oliver. I mean, is there a cool chef out there? A trendy, I don't know. Uh, a modern chef? Does anyone still have the little, little Red Cookbook? If you still have a Little Red Cook, if anyone has a Little Red Cookbook, then message in on the website. Send us a message via the website. uri.org.uk um, Anything else you want to know about baking? Eggs. Eggs. Ah, texture. Although, interestingly, they they both do different things. So, eggs are a leavening agent, as in the white, like you would use for meringues, but yolks add fat, and similarly to your lard and your shortening, uh, are there to tenderise the cake, which I think is an amazing word. Yes, to tenderise. <laughs> I've just had like images of like a cake being made and then just smashing it. Bashing it about like <laughs> you would a chicken. Tenderise it, it's too it's solid. <laughs> they've, got, they've listed salt on this list of ingredients. Salt in cake. I would not put salt in cake. My dad did make uh, a salty cake once, not per- on purpose. Did you do he, the sugar thing? He did, he, he got confused <laughs> put salt instead of sugar in and then served it to us with a, a bowl of custard. And just We, we uh, went to eat it and we're like, this is mm. definitely not right. <laughs> yeah. I think I think this is this is also including a discussion about bread and how you I feel like bake bread. bread is a whole other ball I think there should be I think there should be a separate article on bread personally. Maybe maybe if you ever if you ever come to uh visit me again we can talk about the science behind bread baking. The science behind bread baking. Okay, I think I think we've we've be, we've covered we've covered some ground there. Yeah, that's all you need to know about baking. That's, there you go. That there we go, you. folks. The conclusive guide on how to bake <laughs> from Jess and Georgina. Eggs are useful. Reporting, reporting for Almost Educational. Goodbye. University Radio York. Lovely interview there, Jess. Thank you. Very fun. Hope Georgina's doing well, if you're I, listening. I imagine so. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, one, one, one thing... Oh, oh this, this is great. Okay, one thing that I did notice whilst I was doing the interview together, you said that you think baking powder might be neutral. Well, um, I don't really know. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I... Sk- I, sk- I sk- from what I skimmed. Yeah. That's what I well, um, gleamed, but... Do you know what? I think it's time we do a bit of a... We put live this experiment to the test. Yes, that's right. Okay, so if only we had this one visualized. If only, but you can watch on the webcam. I guess <coughs> I don't know. It's good radio content. Yeah. So I've pulled the mic right over here because we're about to. Oh, thank you. So Jess has just passed me a lovely little cup and some water. Definitely not, not a yogurt pot. Not a yogurt pot. It's a science cup from uh, from science from Yo Valley who makes <laughs> science equipment. Uh, now I have here some pH test strips. 
completely complete tangent i have a friend whose dad was quite high up at eo valley Oh wow! Oh, really? He Ooh. could get some more of these science equipment. Yeah. <laughs> other, other science equipment based yogurt manufacturers are available. Thanks. Lots. Yes. Um, I have these pictures. So something I need to tell you guys. In a past life, I worked as a, a science presenter for uh, for schools and kids parties between the ages of five and ten. So uh, I, was, I worked under the pseudonym of chemical colin so chemical colin's <laughs> coming back uh, and we're gonna start testing some of this so first things first i've got a standard here this is diet coke uh, cola other cola beverages are available and we're gonna pour a little bit of that into the cup here and we're gonna take a reading with our ph sticks so anyone any guesses where do you think it's gonna come out the range here by the way is 4.5 to 9 uh ph you have the lower end one to seven is your or one to six is your acid range uh above above eight inclusive is your uh, alkali range so um i'd I think say like it's... a five or something it's like if cola, the range is from four to seven acidic. then it'll be pretty Cola's red yeah. for anyone who knows who's seen a ph a ph uh, scale before red is acid. Is that the right? Red yes. is like a red warm, is your more acidy yeah. end, and then blue, and blues and blue purples alkali. represent alkali. Okay, so we're gonna have a little look, and it's looking like I would say probably about a five, a four, a five. Yeah, I said five. Yeah, about five there on that. I'm just comparing against the chart. I think we've got a five. So Ooh. there you are. The diet coke is about a five on the pH scale. Wouldn't it be great if it just wasn't on the scale and it was just the coke stating the thing? <laughs> I really shouldn't have drunk that actually because this alcohol, these sticks aren't for human consumption. I want to say those sticks do have chemicals on them. Colin. Yeah, it's terrible, terrible chemicals. But I can't pour it anywhere. We haven't got a sink. Mm. Okay, so I'm just drying out the pot with my mouth. Uh, I've got a little <laughs> napkin there. Thank you, Jess. Right, time to continue. Here, which you can't hear is some baking powder. Ooh, this is exciting, isn't it? This is good radio. <laughs> yeah. I can't get the lid off, hang on. Oh, what oh, no. as on. we um, listen rather. Oh, no. I got it, 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 okay. Uh, I've, got, I've got a spoon, so I'm just gonna get some of this in there. So there you go, there's a little bit of baking powder, which by the way is one of the ingredients in sherbet. If you wanna make sherbet, equal a tiny little bit of baking powder, a good dot of icing sugar, and a little bit of citric acid, which you can buy online. Uh, so I'm adding the water to the baking powder. We're gonna give it a little swirl up to try and dissolve it as best we can, so we've got a nice solution. Now, can anyone tell me, oh, I feel like I'm teaching again. Oh. Can anyone tell me why we have to make it a solution, a liquid? Why can't we just dunk this into the powder? Reactions don't work. Ooh, okay, very Ooh, good. We are a um, science show, though, so it would be nice to elaborate on that just a hair more. <laughs> no. Ah, amazing. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. Incredible. Okay, I'm going to stick in the uh, the uh, pH stick into here, and we're going to get well, a no, reading. No, you can't reuse the same pH stick. No, no it's, it's, a it's a different one. It's a different one. Here we go. It's going. I'm giving a little swell around. You can probably hear it. Here we go. What do we get? Um... Morgan, what would you say about um, about seven point two five? I mean, it, it's really on the edge. Actually. Between the seven point two five and the seven point five is where I'd go. Do you know what? Past that, you're going into the blues, really. Do you know what though? It's very close to neutral. So was I right? So you're not. Ooh. You're really not far off there, Ooh. Jess. It might actually be properly neutral. Now these are terrible um, and not very good for science. But there you go. 
that's real science we just did right there I'm not going to drink this one um, so oh. there we are <laughs> were you like no God, I think no. we should flip a coin and if Colin and if it if Colin gets it wrong then he yeah. has to drink the thing okay well we'll flip a coin whilst you guys listen if that is this and get your sweet tooth <laughs> supplemented this is Mika with Lollipop on air online on tap Uni of York's official student radio station P-U-R-Y. Hello, welcome back to Almost Educational. We've got a very short amount of time to talk about our final topic of the show. Morgan! Yes, the breaking news bulletin. As you know, as people know, there are four fundamental forces of nature, and scientists think they might have a fifth. A Hungarian nuclear research institute has found when they were looking at um, helium atoms emitting light as they decayed, particles were splitting at a very odd angle, 115 degrees, which known physics doesn't explain. They've seen this before and they think it's because of something called an X-17 particle, which is called such because they calculate its mass as 17 mega electron volts. And the theory is that this is part of some sort of fifth force of nature. Currently we have a, a model in physics called the standard model, which models the four fundamental forces just without unifying gravity and quantum mechanics and all that sort of thing. But a fifth force is one of those moments that could really turn physics on its head again, like in the 20th century when quantum physics first sort of came about as a widespread thing and people were like oh all our science now has to be reformulated to work on this extremely small scale with this new sort of probabilistic type of physics and I just found this really interesting now they've replicated the results they had because this is um, they're building on 2016 results the main thing they've got to do now is that they have to have they want another lab to take their equipment like their setup effectively do it with their own equipment and then see if they Peer get the assessment. same result yeah. the proper replicability the 2016 results are actually a different particle which was particles coming off of a, a beryllium 8 at around 140 degree angle and I don't know much about like particle angles but apparently that is also an odd angle mm. Mm. I don't yeah. much about, know much about particle angles either but certainly um sounds really interesting so just just for people who are listening they might not know what the four fundamental forces are they mm. are gravity um, strong nuclear force weak nuclear force and electromagnetic force yes and we think we found mystery force number five force number five <laughs> force number five that's a fighter jet yeah that is and, a fighter jet name and, and this is really interesting because it's not like at the start of the 20th century where we had where, where we were like okay this doesn't work can we find something that makes it work and Einstein came along and thought of something that works because like there, there was this idea of something, of something called the ether and light propagated um, through the ether I think the like one you're thinking yeah. of quantum one is more the ultraviolet yes. catastrophe yes. though which yeah, is you're, in yeah. the same vein though yeah mm. so there, there, there was a problem it didn't work Einstein came along with a theory that made it work this is we thought we had it down and now something new has come along extra yeah some people are thinking this fifth force could even link to dark matter but there's no real evidence to that yet this is all hypothetical everything's but hypothetical I'm, <laughs> but I'm, re- I'm I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes because if it's a fifth force then that's going to like have some really cool effect it's meant to be a protophobic force meaning it avoids protons which is quite new that's a really interesting suggestion that it's something to do with dark matter because my um, special relativity lecturer doesn't think doesn't isn't too sure if dark matter's a thing 
Mm. I mean, that's still a contentious topic. Yeah. Very much unproven. That's one of those big things. But, I mean, <clears throat> can I just clarify? Um, does anyone know? How many, how many forces are there? Oh, there could be five. Fun- Six? Fundamental forces, four. It's this, yeah. Ad, sorry, Alex, this is actually a link to a song. Okay, sorry. We're doing a bit. We're doing a bit. Sorry. Why, yeah, why not? Why not? Why not? Okay, okay. How many fundamental forces are there? Five, six, seven, seven or eight. Broadcasting to York University. You are mine. Thank you so much. Uh, what a wonderful show. Bit of steps there. Jeff was in the middle of his little story, but I, I wasn't planning on playing a jingle, so I didn't. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, hang on. There we are. Uh, thank you so much for joining us here on URY. This has been almost educational. I have and conti- uh, Well, let's talk about what was your favourite thing from today's show. Uh, Sam, do you want to go first? Uh, I like the failed end link. Failed... Oh, that was so funny. Thank you, Alex. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jess, what's your favourite thing for I, today? I, like the brownies the amount of um, the <laughs> amount of topic the amount of food that I have I basically have, have had a really awful diet for the last two days because mm, the amount of t- time now. I've spent in the studio <laughs> and there's been biscuits and brownies people just keep feeding me yeah Alex oh. what about you favourite bit of the show I think brownies has got to be up there. Oh, gosh, I bet you're brownies and you love it. Yes, the, uh, honestly. Now to win you guys over. I mean, yeah, food. How, how, <laughs> how, how else? Food will win everyone over. Morgan, what about you? Morgan, what about you? I mean, brownies are up there, but the live science <laughs> was also oh, good. Oh yes, I loved that. We should definitely do another experiment next time. Uh, what do you guys want to see on the show? Yourwise.org.uk. You can send us a message, or you can get our socials at URY1350 on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thank you so much for joining us. As, as always, I've been Colin. We have been joined by Sam. Goodbye, everybody. We've been joined by Jess. Farewell. Alex. See you next time. And Morgan. Goodbye. Thank you, everyone. It's been an absolute pleasure. We'll be back for one more episode of the Christmas special. So we will see you then. And as always, Christmas. Ta-ra. You've been listening to the podcast version of Almost Educational, the URY show on Wednesdays at four o'clock. You can catch the whole show at uri.org.uk or click the link in the description. And don't forget to tweet us with your comments, suggestions and questions at uri1350 on Twitter with the hashtag AlmostEDU.